You don't have to clap for us. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And this this is is Dat. We got a great (laughs) panel for you today. Everybody's up here ready to go. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to save all the AI stuff for the end, you know, because that's going to get crazy. Uh, I just wanted to remind everybody that there's more prizes at the uh, after party between 5 and 7. It's going to be in the ballroom across the way here. Over there. There's going to be food and drinks and things. And then the after after party. Unofficial. Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to laugh. It's going to be at 8 o'clock at Ratio Beer Works. So, We're uh, not paying sure for you... any of that. No, yeah, not so, any of that. That's all on your own. Any of that, you mean. <laughs> all right, so before we get started with the panel, we are going to go down the line and do quick introductions with everybody. Feel free to share microphones and things. Uh, it's a lot easier than me trying to remember everybody's bio and what they do and all the things because uh, I'm uh, very forgetful. So... Let's start, start with you, Sean. Here. Sean, you we'll don't go all yeah. the way down. Okay, let me see if I can test this thing out. Check. Uh, hi, everyone. Thanks for coming down. Um, I'm Sean Astrom, uh, Colorado native. Been using Cinema 4D for a super long time. I think over 15 years now. It's uh, a little crazy to think. Uh, but, yeah, freelance out of my own uh, home office under SA Studios. And yeah, I had the fine fortune of uh, working for Grayscale Gorilla for a short while, kind of making a lot of their materials, skies, some of their more recent stuff. Um, but uh, went back to freelance kind of just to uh, kind of get back into that. Um, yeah, so that's about it from, from me. Hello. Uh, my name is Luis Miranda. I'm a 3D artist from here. Get and- closer. Get closer. Closer? There you go. Too close. All right. My name is Luis Miranda. Um, From here, from Denver. Uh, I do 3D art. Uh, I did kind of like started out doing um, sports graphics. I worked over at the Denver Broncos. I I feel like I've talked about that a lot. Um, But now I kind of just do freelance for sports uh, companies and teams. Uh, but on my personal side, I just do horror because I like spooky shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just do freelance. I've been doing it for seven years, which I think is the longest job I've ever had. So I think that's pretty fun. Congratulations. <laughs> that's it. And feel free to pull the mics out if you want. You don't have to leave them in there. Yeah. You can share. Oh, boy. You're starting some chaos, Dave. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was trying to avoid the whole time. Oh, I'm so sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Byron Stanford. Um with that name, I did grow up in Spain, though, uh, but now been in Denver for six years, where now I run a freelance studio called Not Just BS when I collaborate with other people, and now Crazy AI Enthusiast. So excited for that. If you're interested, check out our last episode, episode 370 with Byron. Very good. Hi, I'm Cameron Butterfield. I'm from Colorado Springs, and I am a 2D and 3D freelance artist. And uh, I run my own studio, CB Graphics. Hey, I'm Jen Van Horn. Um, I actually moved to Denver two days ago, something like that. Thank you. She moved here just for the panel. (laughs) Um, I actually uh, used to live in Denver. I went to Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design for animation back in 2007. I've done a lot of things. I was 
explainer video animator for about seven, eight years, um, all freelance. About a year ago, I now work for Craftsman Plus, which is a really great company. We create ads for mobile and video games, which is kind of a dream of mine because I'm a gamer. And now I'm the uh, creative lead for Microsoft Casual Games, so I'm a solitaire fangirl, so that makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, but also, I've been a, a TA for School of Motion. I teach a few classes on productivity and time management, which is why I'm here after two days of moving, because <laughs> I'm really good at managing my time. Uh, and I think that's... Oh, I'm also a photo manipulator and digital artist on the side. So. Hi, my name is Will Harvey, but I also go by Revelo. Um, I'm a 3D artist and a motion designer. I do a lot of concert visual type stuff for like DJ Diesel or Shaq, um, Lil Nas X, a few of those guys. So, um, but I also do like every days. Uh, I've been doing them for five years and counting. Um, and I also work for uh, Beeple Studios. So, he's a mm. handsome man. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott Unruh. Um, I'm pretty much a whore. If you pay me, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> between 2D animation, 3D animation, editing, you know, um, art, just whatever. Yeah, 3D 3D, I do a lot of 3D printing now. So, yeah, I'm Denver native, and uh, yeah, I work for, uh, well, right now I'm doing a, a bunch of stuff for uh, Grand Ole Opry. I can't follow that up. Uh, hard to. <laughs> my name is Brian Coleman. Uh, I'm a 3D artist, uh, style frame artist, um, using Cinema 4D for, I don't know, maybe like 8, 10 years. I've uh, been doing a lot of motion design maybe for like 15 years, something like that. Um, I spent, I grew up in Ohio. Uh, that's kind of where I started all this. Uh, and then I moved to New York and was freelancing all around, uh, moved to L.A., uh, was freelancing all over there too. Um, and, uh, some of the studios I've worked for, a lot of my work is like Apple, um, territory. Um, we are Royale, just the mill. I worked with a lot of studios, um, and have had a lot of opportunity to, um, be around a lot of great artists. Just yeah. check, check. Hi, I'm Chelsea Evenstar. Um, I've been using C40 for a couple years. Yeah, two, three years. Like two, three years. I started because of NFTs. Don't hate me. Yeah, <laughs> NFTs! <laughs> <laughs> and I actually made some art that Paris Hilton bought, and then she flipped it on Sotheby's, which was pretty dope, <laughs> since I was just a baby 3D artist at the time. And no, what else? AI, uh, no, I, I like, <laughs> I'm dabbling with some AI just for funsies, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, dope. AI collection. Did I? Thank you. Yeah. I was just taking. This is my wife. Um, Yeah. I don't know what else. Uh, Yeah. Now you're doing like watercolor, dope, physical shit, right? I'm kind of a scatterbrain. I like to do all the things. All the stuff and things. Yeah. Um, What's up? I'm David Ariev. I'm a three. Been 3D artist for like 12 years. Educator. 
I don't know. I, I've done a lot of concert visuals work, a lot of kind of cinematic style work. I've recently, over the past couple of years, gotten into a more abstract style of like peaceful, meditative, like spiritual um, type of type of work. And um, through NFTs, you know, I've been big in NFTs for a couple of years. I sold it, you know, uh, Super Rare, Sotheby's, um, you know. Maker's Place, Nifty Gateway, all, all, all of that. I've worked with Beeple. I made the two, two of the Beeple and Madonna NFTs, which is probably the weirdest fucking thing I've ever done in my yeah, life. Yeah, it was. It was um, really weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I've exhibited my work at Beeple Studios, so is Chelsea here. Um, yeah, yeah, we're like husband and wife duo. We make art together. and um, Yeah, and I've recently gotten into VR uh, work as well, which is like a very new and exciting medium for me to actually take my work into, you know, pre-rendered visuals into VR because it kind of, um, takes my abstract work and kind of puts you in there. So anybody who wants to afterwards can come check that out. Cause I brought it along. Woo. All right. Yay. All right. All right. I'm going to start this out, uh, get this conversation going. How many students are here? All right. Right. It's good to know. Sometimes we're at colleges and things, and uh, the ratio is a little bit different. Um, one of the things that they don't teach you sometimes when you're in school are things like doing your taxes and business stuff. We're doing and, another tax episode? That, yeah, was, <laughs> I know. that was Dallas, dude. How to promote yourself. We don't have to talk about the taxes, but the first thing I wanted to ask, and not everybody has to answer this question, but if you feel like you have a good answer, um, what is one thing that you wish you would have known before you started doing what you do? Make templates of everything. Anything you can automate, do it now, um, especially if it's something you see a lot. Like in explainer videos, I've probably turned over a million calendar pages or had something pop up and stuff. So yeah, the, make it easier on yourself. There's a, there's a lot of ways to make things a lot smarter than, um, yeah, that's what I would say. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I'm terrible about that. You don't need to go to college to make money in this industry. You can. You can. I'll say you don't suck. Like that's everybody oh has their own. I'm so worried. <laughs> but, but you don't. I mean, I know that like the imposter syndrome prevents you from doing stuff and just don't let it just do your thing and it'll it'll come around it's you know you're gonna connect with somebody somehow with something you're doing just be yourself and and put yourself out there it, it, it sucks and sometimes it's scary and sometimes you think you do suck but you don't you're you're fantastic in your own way oh yeah and ju <laughs> jumping jumping off of that like com compete with yourself not others like it's very easy to get in a rut like looking at all the dope artwork that's on the internet but you have to realize that that's the entire fucking world that you're looking at like you know, it's a global community at this point and there's a lot of talented people out there, but you know, you're still probably a, a big fish in a small pond, all things considered. And you should just com compete with your former self. Like look back at your previous work from a year or however long ago. And as long as you're improving and you can see a measured improvement, you know, just be happy and satisfied with yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, these mic stands. Um, I'll just say like, uh, running your own business, freelancing, like just, Take the shortcut and hire a CPA. If you're going to talk a little bit about taxes and that yeah. stuff, I mean, like, there's it. We're artists, you know. Like, it's not our strong suit. Like, so just hire a CPA, and the cost of paying them will greatly, um, you know, save you loads and taxes and having to worry about any of that. So that's 
a little advice that I wish I had known. How am I supposed to cheat on my taxes? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Legally. (laughs) Exactly. They they tell you how. Also Uh, hire a housekeeper. (laughs) (laughs) If you can. (laughs) Proactive. On that note as well, I'll say if you're thinking of going freelance and you're just thinking, oh, I'm going to be a great artist and I'll just do the work that I like to do, you very quickly realize that it's not really about doing the work and it's just about finding clients and talking to people and that takes a bunch of time so just something to keep in mind yeah on that note build your soft skills i get hired probably 99 percent because i'm easy to work with not necessarily how good i am i'm good and don't you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely and and don't feel bad if you need a side job to help build those skills because i i randomly did sales for six months and that probably helped me as a freelancer more than anything else that i've done that's a good segue actually because i was going to ask for anyone who's interested in sharing uh, maybe uh, a handful of things that they do to build themselves as a brand as a as a freelance artist what do you do the social medias you get on tiktok what do you do what do you do about it Dave, i know byron gets on tiktok um, <laughs> i guess yeah i guess I'll, I'll jump in since i just started this last week um but <laughs> he's doing well <laughs> he's doing well but if you have a topic that you think you can give any information helpful or not helpful sometimes about, uh, then yeah, just talk about that. Get on TikTok. all the algorithms right now. I've done the research. So I'll just tell you, you need to post every day, (laughs) use three to five hashtags, no more. Um, and yeah, as much as you can share, it pumps your stuff out. So if you, um, are following me, probably you've seen my face a lot lately because yeah, it's just about posting every day and then, Instagram sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. It's, it's, it's awful. You it gives you no time to do the stuff that you want to do. You should you should see his TikToks. He's so tired in them. <laughs> this is the twentieth time I've done this. Uh, one one thing I would say that not a lot of people are doing. Uh, everybody's posting to Instagram, Twitter, but no one's using LinkedIn. Uh, and I would highly recommend that. And I noticed that I was getting more work uh, when I was posting on LinkedIn. Um, and I just started growing my connections, just like straight up maxing out my, the number that I can connect with. Um, and you can only do like 150 a week or something. And I'm like, <laughs> max out everybody, but I've gotten a lot of work through LinkedIn. Um, you know, and some of my, my posts get like 500 likes on there and I'm not even close to that on any other platform. So I would say post a lot of work on LinkedIn because those are the people who are looking to hire you, not Instagram and not Twitter. Let me ask you, Brian, uh, on that note, how, how much are you posting on LinkedIn? Because, you know, I'll post my demo reel or some work or something, you know, but like I'm not, I'm not doing the everyday posting stuff on LinkedIn. I try maybe um, <clears throat> once a week, uh, maybe, maybe twice. Um, I try to engage in other people's stuff as well. I mean, cause there's a lot of really good work out there. A lot of people are putting demo reels out. Um, but you know, just be honest, like give good feedback on people, start to gain that traction. But you know, you might post like once or twice a week and just kind of see where it goes. And I try not to throw it all out there at the same time, because again, I'm, I'm always sort of looking for the next project. So if you just kind of hit it once a week, twice a week, um, you're going to get, you're going to get your right there. <laughs> you're going to get traction once or twice a week. 
Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and, of course, Octane. But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs. And we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com, from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. Also with LinkedIn, um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to be posting your own stuff. Repost stuff that you think is cool. And if you are posting, ask questions. That's going to get you a lot more interactive. You're going to get a lot more likes. And um, Do you have to care about the responses? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. Also, if you're reaching out to people on LinkedIn, actually ask them a question. Just don't send them a request. I pretty much don't respond unless someone asks me something interesting. So... Yeah, that's what I would. Not why you haven't been answering. <laughs> I, I, I'll chime in too. Uh, I don't think anything beats um, word of mouth and just meet and greets like this, mm-hmm. you know, and getting out and actually putting a face to a name because you got to be careful too with with what's on the the web. There, I had a 3D job offer come into my email recently from Square Enix, the makers of Final Fantasy and. You know, some of you don't know. And I, like, kind of followed up with it a little bit, and uh, it turned out to be a full-on scam. So, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, this day and age, I think it's super important to, like, you know, find out who somebody is, you know, and, and, and network that way, um, I think, as, as a first primary method. So <clears throat> uh, when it comes to, like, TikTok and stuff, um, I, I think I could probably comment on that a little bit because um, – so like on so both TikTok YouTube, famous, <laughs> both on YouTube Shorts and on TikTok, since they're like the same format. Um, the thing that I have stumbled upon, it's not like I I was like super smart about this, but if you kind of like do art that is appealing to a certain uh, fandom or genre, and then you also, in addition to that, apply uh, how to teach them how to do it you actually kind of get people who like the art and also like the fandom, but also get the curiosity of how to make it. And so then they start kind of following not only just for the art, but also for the tutorials that come along with it. And that seems to be a very, uh, really good combination in both YouTube and TikTok because it's a younger audience, and they tend to be the ones that like the fandom, which is Five Nights at Freddy's that I um, focus on. So it's like a younger crowd, and they're, they all want to learn how to do like Blender and all those other things. And so when you kind of combine those two th- uh, together, you're kind of tapping on two things, which is their fandom and also their curiosity on how to do these things. So. How much work, though, do you get from like TikTok or Instagram or something by posting stuff? Uh, it's interesting because it's not like those kids aren't like hiring me, you know, obviously. Sure. But um, <laughs> it has gotten to like people. Which I found really interesting. So I worked with uh, this company called Crypt TV. They're on YouTube. Uh, they do horror, and they found me because of those videos where I was like just posting these things, and they saw that there was like a lot of people responding to it. And so, so in, in a roundabout way, kind of, it's a good way of doing it. Uh, but also, I also kind of just got like hyper fixated on trying to hit that hundred k follow thing. I, and I, I noticed. Just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I just want to hit that and then call it good. But yeah. Did you, you on YouTube? You're trying to go for the hundred k, uh, or on TikTok? Both. Oh, both. Um, you gotta get that gold record. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> on, on YouTube, I'm at eighty. 
83k right now, and then what? on TikTok I'm at 90 something. So. What's it, the most? What's the most likes you've had on a TikTok video? Uh, 2.2 million. What? God damn! Wow. That's solid, dude. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, I was gonna say too with that. I know, like, probably you don't get a lot of people that come directly to you from TikTok like that. But when you're talking to other people, it's nice to say, "Oh, by the way, I have this." Yeah, and like people know that video, and they. When they like see it, they're like, "Oh, you're the one that made that." And I was like, "Yes." Yeah, it's weird when people know you more for something you created than than you yourself. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know that feeling. <laughs> and uh, what's that? What'd you say? I said I wouldn't know that feeling. Everybody go subscribe to his TikTok. Oh, he doesn't have. T- you need a TikTok. I keep telling you. I'm not gonna do it. Um, kind of jumping off of that give it a few months (laughs) kind of jumping off of that I think it's like becoming more and more important to post like process breakdowns just because especially with the rise of AI trigger word (laughs) Um, you know it's like just so hard to tell what people have done I mean especially with stills like a lot of people do still renders and then it's like is that AI is it 3D I I don't know so the process breakdown is really like what shows what you've done you know and same thing goes with even like you know, demo reels. It's like, what part of that shot did you do? You know, what, what, you know, are you modeling things? Or are you kit bashing? Like people need to, you know, your clients need to understand your capabilities and the more kind of process breakdowns you can do, the better off I think you'll be, um, in showing, you know, what you're capable of. Kind of can't, can't do that with AI. You can show a <laughs> yeah. breakdown and you just go to the process video and you wipe to like typing a prompt. That, <laughs> there you go. That's your next TikTok. That would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, jumping off of what David said, um, and this is something I've heard a lot um, for those who are doing demo reels only put stuff in your demo reel of work that you want to do you know if you have a bunch of explainer videos in your demo reel and you hate explainer videos and you're wondering why you keep getting explainer video jobs that's a good indication why why can't I get a title sequence job oh it's because you have all explainer videos yes yeah yeah, but it's also a catch-22 because if nobody hires you to make a title sequence, then what you, what do you do? So you have to kind of go outside of your usual work and like and actually do a passion project yeah. or some kind of you know yeah. spec project to show that you can do this thing before you actually get hired to do it. Yeah, do yeah. do the work that you want to do. Like post what you want to do. I mean, it's off the same thing of the demo reel. Like mm-hmm. the reason I wanted I did concert visuals was because I posted free VJ loops for people to use. That's mm-hmm. how I then got these clients to come to me and they wanted me to do more shit for them. So it's like, and speaking of which you do one every single day. Yeah. yeah. What day are you on? Uh, fuck knows. I don't know. It's <laughs> at this point, I'm just like over 9,000. I'll look it up. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I started losing track. I mean, it's probably like it's, I think it's at five years now, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. 2000. Yeah, so I, sure. Do you ever feel uh, discouraged? Oh, you, do, you don't count them. Do you? You don't count oh, you the don't number, number on, on your Instagram. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Oh, lame. Yeah. I was just like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking put the put the name and call today. You do you know? ever feel burnt out though? Like, oh, uh, man, do another one today. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, just do it. There are going to be days when you feel like it's not. Um, it was a wine napkin. 
Yeah, dude. Literally, <laughs> yeah. Like you phoned him in a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely phone ins. Like I'll, I'll get a sticky note or like a receipt on the back of like a like it, whatever, and I'll just draw on it just for that day because I know it's like eleven fifty five. I didn't have my computer. I'm out with these goobers and like <laughs> yeah, in Vegas. It's like we're on the strip. I'm like fuck. We're Cinema 4D. I don't have it. You know, in your pocket. Yeah. yeah, so like, okay, we're taking we're a picture. Like, just call it a day, you know. And there are going to be days like that. Like, you, you live life. There, there's shit that's going to happen. Like, you're not. It, it, nothing's ever yeah. perfect. You can't plan for the worst always, but you can try. I brought my computer here just in case, you know. Yeah, right come here. On. Yeah, I'm you're on. supposed to do that. Today. Get to work, boy. Yeah, is that, is that supposed to happen? Yeah, my hundred, my hundred slide PowerPoint that I needed to do. Yeah, yeah. We told him he needed to prepare a hundred slide PowerPoint. <laughs> Just to mess with him. Whoops. I've got fifty, so there you go. Nice. Um, um, yeah. And that takes that takes a lot of discipline, uh, for sure. Uh, How do you keep from getting burned out, man? Because exactly. I'm like, exactly. I'm just doing regular client shit, and I'm already burned out. And how do you stay motivated in general? How does everybody stay motivated? Hobbies, you know? yes. Like, I've talked to some, like, so a couple weeks ago, I had a Discord hang, and I went across, went through the the room, and I was like, "What kind of things other than you know 3D do you guys like to do?" And everyone was like, "Uh, video games." Uh, 3D is my life. 3D is, you know, it's like, it can get really, I think, mentally unhealthy. There's so many artists that just get so obsessed with their work. And it's like, that is how you get good, but it's not mentally healthy. Like, you need to, like, branch out to more things. You know, like, this is the work life balance. You know, it's really important for not getting burned out. Yeah, get out of your chair. Yeah. Get out of the chair. Go outside, touch grass, pet horses. That's <laughs> money money helps me stay motivated. <laughs> that gets the job done right there. But money though. But money though. Uh, uh, I guess on that though. I mean, I I actually try to get my work done as quickly as possible because I got two kids and a wife, and so you know, what maybe used to take me like nine hours or something like that. I I bust out in like four. Like I I don't stop. I'm just like. Get it done as quickly as possible. Then I can go chill with my kids, who are really the motivation. Um, and you know, my son got like a little Hot Wheels track that just goes on and on, and he's like two, and I'm like, this is freaking life right here. So that's my motivation. Well, I think it's really hard too because our job, in a lot of ways, is our hobby. So like, if yep. you're an accountant, you don't go yeah. and account on your hobby, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, and, and so for me, like, that's why I picked up 3D printing was because I could still be in the realm of what I'm doing, but I can also have a nice little offshoot. So I don't feel like I'm so disconnected from, from the hobby, from the, from the work. So I mess with music on the side just for fun. I'm not good at it. Rev, I know you do it a couple. Who else does music stuff? I do a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, hobbies for sure. I was going to say, I mean, it, it, that's a great point, um, Scott, because like it is, you know, when I have downtime, I'm like, oh, I want to go mess around with this software that I've hardly touched. And uh, I know it's really cool. So for me, like recently, that was like Plasticity, which is a new CAD um, software that this like single developer has been working on. And it's incredible. Um, so I've been spending some free time learning that. Um, but then, you know, yeah, just stepping away. Uh, for me, I like to do stuff around the house, like fix uh, doorknobs and install air conditioners, things like that. Every so, doorknob yeah. in his house has been replaced at least three or four times. Oh, don't, don't even, don't even ask my wife about it. 
And also, even better, if you can get a hobby that also lends to your mental health and physical health, even better. Like, I love cooking and gardening. Still working on the exercise part of it, but <laughs> right there with you, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, so yeah, I think that would you know anything you double up on, you know, why not? You're gonna start hiking now that you live here. No, I used to yeah. live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. You're not invited. <laughs> yeah, exercise is probably the biggest one. Like Wimbush, wherever you're at. Workout videos, like he's in what the gym, up, what up. He's in the gym right now. He's doing the curls. He's just repping them out with EJ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But like, you know, working out, that's probably the best thing you could do. You're sitting in a chair all day. You're sedentary all the time. Get out there, work, like work out, do something that's like that you could shut your brain off with. Stretch. Stretch is good. Yoga. Yeah. Yes. Also, if you're a freelancer, the beautiful th- thing is that in theory, you can take like a week or a month off, you know, or in just theory. like, yeah, just completely in theory. In theory. <laughs> in theory. Yeah. I mean, like if, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're single with no kids or whatever (laughs) but yeah looking at you byron (laughs) i like running because i can uh, just go out the front door and it's free you know and and any time of day doing freelance you know you can pick a time you know sometimes we'll go out and run at two o'clock in the afternoon because that's the best time for it you know especially winter time but it's free and you can go just turn your brain off Uh, i like to i've said this last week but i like to think about things that I have to do because it's the only thing I can do while I'm running. So then I can just concentrate on that and come back and have a game plan. Bought a home gym and I've yet to actually set it up. It's been sitting downstairs <laughs> in like four different boxes guys. for like six weeks now. <laughs> What's a guy? So I like to do um, crafting. That's like my uh, stuff to do outside of 3D uh, because I hate, you know, being in front of the computer and like the screen, like the blue. Um, so I'll do stuff like this jacket, but I also got really into like interior design. And so I designed my room to look like it belongs to a goth girl. And so I put like this canopy well, bed. Come and, decorate my room. <laughs> <laughs> and put a bunch of like purple lights and stuff in there. And it's like a bunch of squishmallows. And it was very therapeutic <laughs> to be able to do that because it, it was like an application of all the art that I've learned from doing 3D, but applying it to a real life sort of a thing where it's like you're taking into account the space you're also taking into account like form and shape and then putting it into a thing that you get to experience around you I don't know it was really nice I would recommend I agree with you <laughs> if you're going to freelance um, scheduling your vacations you got to put them on the calendar because it's when you're working for a company, you know, you got PTO. Oh, I got two weeks I got to use out of the year. When you're freelance, it's so hard to turn it off. And so I'm going on vacation next week for the first time Yay! in like four years. So, yeah. Cameron was covering for me while I was in Denver. Next week, I'm covering for him while he's out of town. So we got a game plan. Can I ask you all this? Um, how do you stay motivated to do to do anything? Like, because, like, <laughs> honestly, like, and, and maybe this, what? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> no, I'm just like, how, how, how do y'all stay motivated? So, like, for example, I'll give y'all an example. Um, I had a really hard time cleaning my house. My house was so messy for, like, 
since we got back from NAB. Hire a housekeeper. Yeah, For if you're poor and you can't afford a housekeeper, <laughs> right? Um, the thing is, I I, I, I had the, just the hardest time. I was like, it's like in my it's in my mind. I've got to go clean my house. I got to go clean my house. I don't have any work going on. I could very easily go downstairs out of my office and go clean my house. It's like, how do y'all stay motivated? You know, when it comes to like jobs or anything outside of work. You're going to want to gamify your productivity or your to-do schedule. So there's so many ways you can actually do that. I color code everything. Anything that I finish is green, so it makes me happy. And then the more green I see, the more motivated I am to finish my list. Also, being able to prioritize what you can do today versus what you can push to tomorrow that's always helpful and reward yourself <laughs> when you do something. I mean, but I do reward myself all the time <laughs> without actually doing the things. Okay. Well. So you have to clean one room before you can have your Mountain Dew. Yeah. Um, every room would be clean by the end of the day. See? Well, there you go. It's gamified. Yeah, it's gamified. An object in motion stays in motion. So True. pick some easy things to do and get going and then you'll find yourself all over your house. I have found stuff. that if I, in the morning, uh, once I'm ready to go to work, if I don't go up to my office, it's like the second I hit my office, I'm in work mode. Like, I can't think about anything else after that. He's you know, so if shoes. I don't go, I, well, yeah, I wear shoes all the time. <laughs> I, 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 if I, if I don't go upstairs to my office, I can motivate myself a little bit more because when I'm in my office, I just turn on work mode. Even if I'm not working, I also Discord. work a lot with sensory memory because uh, I think I'm neurodivergent, so I have a hard time switching to, between tasks. So I started um, diffusing a lot of different essential oils depending on what I'm doing. So if I'm working, I have this specific combo that I only diffuse when I'm working, and it, you can apply it to a bunch of other stuff. Um, textural moments, like I, I used to work in a, my, out of my living room, so I couldn't physically block my space off I had to say like okay the only things I'm listening to or eating or doing is only behind this partition <laughs> that I'm working at so being able to uh, block out your space with more than just physical things helps me a lot to stay motivated also but, Chris was just saying sounds too, like a lot more work yeah it, it is it really is because it's it's actually what so Chris how was, do you get motivated to do all that so that you can be motivated <laughs> for the rest? well like anything it's, it's more work on the front end so you can enjoy right. the back end right 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 <laughs> Well, I think if you set a goal for yourself, that's probably the best thing you can do. Like if you can if you can see what it's going to be, you'll then be motivated to do that task. Like I mean, if if I'm doing personal work like let's say like a short film or something, I see what it is, I know what it is. It seems cool. I want to like get to that point. Like now I just got to go through the bullshit to then get to that point. And it sucks. It's getting through the bullshit. That's it's getting through the bullshit. That's the thing. But by the end of it, you're then satisfied with what you just did. Or you're just like, man, I just did that. I just shit that out. That's like, you know. But, <laughs> but, but you know, the way out so eloquent, rather. But, yeah, so well, eloquent. It's like, it's the truth. Right. It's like, it's like using the restroom. You got to, you know, push it out. And then, boom, you got yourself a, got yourself a nice little spirit. <laughs> They're, a little harsh, but they're just tasks that you're not going to enjoy. I don't yeah. like doing the dishes. I don't like cleaning, but I try not to do them. So, but I, there might be a way to hack your brain to enjoy those things more, like to appreciate like every little moment of life. You know, like just like those things. Are we can talking be, about like, mushrooms again? No, no. I'm just saying like that. Um, that yeah, mundane tasks. Oh, mundane tasks can be really enjoyable if you're in the right headspace. So. But I don't on know. A I, think, I think this is kind of a mental health thing in, in a lot of ways. I don't know. 
plug the podcast. Yeah, listen to our show while you do the dishes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would say clean first before you do anything else, and then you're you're golden. See, Feels I good. do I I do find when I go up to my office, like if my kid's been in there and just has made it a total mess, I always clean up my office. Like I never have a problem cleaning my office. It's every other room in my house. <laughs> but that's that's where you get into your problem too, is because of the kids. Like mm. it, it's always so get rid of always the kids. a distraction. Always, but there is there's kids. always a distraction and. If you're never hitting that state of flow, whether it's creating something, whether it's cleaning, whether it's doing something, you have to get into that deeper part of it. That's why, like, you know, yeah, and, and being able to control the distractions gets you in that state of flow better. And I think that state of flow is in, is everything to us. That's why After Effects crashes suck so bad. Yeah. Because it does ruin the momentum. Yeah. And I'm going to pick on After Effects. <laughs> but so, yeah. So when I do it, I like try to like, I, I figure out my time block. I've got an hour before I even start my hour. Phone goes away. This goes away. Kids are taken care of. I've got an hour. I stop, take a beat, make a promise to myself. I will not be distracted. I will not do this. I will finish this task or as much as I can in this given time. Set a timer. And then you can, when the timer goes off, you can go screw around. You can hop on Facebook. And Y'all whatever. are not ADD enough. That's where you have to like, literally block everything out. You have to plan for the distractions. Chelsea, were you going to say something? Yeah. I was just going to say, like, bite size. Like, like you've got a big house. Yes. And you've got little munchkins that are running around destroying everything all day long while you're trying to work. And, like, if you walk through a room and there's something, just pick it up. Just pick up one thing. Like, if you do that all day, you know, every time you're cruising through the house and you just pick one thing up, they're going to throw something else down the second you walk away. <laughs> but you pick something up and you're getting yourself in the habit. So I don't know. I rely on my housekeeper though a lot. Like, a lot. <laughs> like she's my me- like literally mental health for me because I kind of do have ADD and I get super overwhelmed when things are like visually um, chaotic for me. Like I like I love it when it's super clean. I don't know how to be that person who makes it clean unless rep shows up <laughs> right. unannounced. And then I'm like, yeah. fuck, I got to clean the house. I had a housekeeper for a little bit yeah. and then I would get too panicked about making my house clean enough to where she didn't judge me <laughs> yeah. you know, when she was coming to clean oh, it. Our housekeeper fully <laughs> judges <laughs> the shit out of us. All, she comes in, she's like, oh, Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea you, you buy too many things. <laughs> She's so yeah. she gives me so much shit, but she keeps me in line, you know. Like, yeah. I don't know. She helps. She helps. She's my so, mental health. She'll come and be like, "Why is your shirt so short?" Like, because like, <laughs> you shrunk it, verbally, Magda. Verbally shaming us all day long. She's the best. John, what were you going to say? Well, you yeah. you mentioned staying motivated, and I I just got to say, like, before I started, before I realized I could make money making art, like I was notorious for having like lots of jobs like i had probably 50 jobs like before i got into doing music and art professionally and i think you got to kind of remind yourself of that like you know we we live in a pretty fortunate time that we can you know make digital art get paid for it you know and do something we love um day in day out and so for me that's a huge aspect of why i do what i do um yeah even 10 years ago it was completely different like because the the 
the computers and stuff weren't readily available and the render power especially was not readily available, you know, to be able to work from home. You used to have a lot more time to surf Reddit, though, when you're rendering. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the one good thing that came out of COVID was everybody learned, the world learned that we could all work from home and nothing right. would crash. And now thanks to render, I don't get to surf uh, Reddit, Reddit anymore, anymore. <laughs> you know, or TikTok. I still render everything locally for the most part. I mean, I, I love render, but. Because you're that crazy, is, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that's the, that's the nice thing about having a rendering locally is that you get to step the fuck away for several yeah. hours. You're like, well, everything's grinding and computers are working for me. You know, right. let's yeah. go. Yeah, let's go out to nature. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I like to do as far as uh, staying focused, because I'm totally ADD as well, is I have a timer on my desk and I set it to either 20 minutes and I restart the timer if I'm still in a good flow. Um, or if I'm doing like a long creative thing, I'll do 45 minutes. Uh, one of the things I do as well, if I'm really having trouble getting started on a project is, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night and you're like, I could go back to my desk. I could, but I'm really also tired. And I'd also like to just wind down and, you know, watch succession. Uh, so <laughs> what I do is I will have a project that's just I'm procrastinating, procrastinating. I don't want to set it up. I know I got to go through emails and, you know, open my project and kind of get the settings right and do all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of a, it's kind of a slow buildup when you work on something, right? Like, like until you get to that flow state. So I try and do some of that ahead of time. And what I'll do is if I don't really want to work at night, I'll sit down anyway for a certain amount of time. Maybe I'll get into it. Maybe I won't, but whatever I do, I leave it open. I get everything good. I hit save. I leave all the programs open at a good point, and then I just leave the room. And then the next day, I get my coffee, and I sit down, and everything's open, and I can continue. And it's kind of nice. I was going to say, too, uh, speaking of flow state, know when your productive time of day is is really helpful. And if you don't know, start journaling like your whole day. Like when do you feel the most energized? What are you eating that's lending to your you know, energy or your crashes? Because that stuff's very important. And your health is literally the first thing that just goes out the window when you start working, especially if a lot of us are ADD, then um, we hyper-focus a little too much. Uh, and I have recently hyper-focused to the point where I no longer have hunger cues. So I have to set alarms <laughs> every two hours to remind myself to eat and drink water. So um, that stuff does go away. So <laughs> be careful how you... Uh, and it's such a good thing. Yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting because like uh, that you bring that up. I've never thought about it that way because almost like the morning, like from eight until probably 11, you know, that is my most productive time. And a lot of my clients that I've been working with lately are on the West Coast. So it's like I get a shit ton done before they're even up at their office, which is awesome. I wanted to shift to a couple other things because, you know, we got to hit that uh, 430. There's a AI question. Talk. You got a question? question? Yeah, let's hear it. John down there. So the question is about confidence in a project. Now, are you talking about a personal project or? You just right? fake it. Yeah, it's kind of true. You do just kind of fake it. Like, yeah, yeah. The then, it uh, like, it thing? It, uh, take, for example, being on microphone or being on camera or something like a lot of us who went to college for like video or something. There were so many people who were like, oh, I don't want to be on camera. No, you know, and you just like, yeah, you just get up there. You do it. 
and then you realize it's not so bad. You know, and that can be that can be applied to almost anything. Right. You know, is yeah, this job sucks. All right. Well, I'm just going to power through it and fake it and tell the client that I loved working on this project. Please send me another one. You're not not going to die. Your imposter syndrome is just a switch in your head that's telling you you're doing something different. doesn't mean you're bad at it. It just means you haven't done it before. So having like a core group of people that you can network with, that I started an accountability group where if I'm feeling the least bit of doubt, I go to my group. I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't think I could do this. And they're all like, you can do it. And they're my (laughs) my personal cheerleaders and we all kind of hit it at different times. So, you know. You, this community is so open and welcoming. All you have to do is ask, you know, and you know, but ask. Don't just send LinkedIn requests, please. <laughs> it's hard to know when you, if you like. It's hard to have confidence if you are having a hard time judging your own work. Yeah, which I always say, I have a hard time judging my own work. Uh, I can look at someone else's, no problem. Be like, oh, that's awesome, but yeah. I can't see it. I'm I'm blind to my own thing. So same. I think you know. all my work is awesome, and then I show people, and they're just like, <laughs> I don't know about I that. Think something really important to remember as artists is that, like, y'all are in a very small percentage of humanity. Like, there's not a lot of artists in the world. It seems like there is because we're online and we're seeing everyone's art. You know, that's in the community. But if you you're just in this really, really small group and like everyone else in the world thinks what you do is super dope because they can't do it. They can't do what you do. So you have to kind of remember that and stop comparing yourself to someone who's like got more experience than you or has been doing this longer or, you know, whatever. It's not a matter of they have more talent than you. It's they probably just have more experience than you. They've just been practicing longer than you. So just keep practicing, keep going, keep doing it. And remember that most of the world, 99.999% of the world is not an artist. And so they, they're just like, holy shit, that's amazing. Whatever you do. Like your worst thing is like super cool to them. So when in doubt, show your mom. Uh, It's great. I I was going to say, I I mostly think my work sucks like all the time. Um, but I keep my clients happy, I guess, but I, I never think it's that great, but I have a few people, um, that I reach out to and show my stuff to just to kind of get honest feedback. Um, I have one friend who I know that if I send it to him, he's going to be real honest. And, (laughs) and if it sucks, he's going to tell me that it sucks. Um, and it's a little bit of motivation for me to keep going, to kind of keep pushing it. But he's also, um, he also gives ideas and good feedback to me. Um, but he's like super harsh. But then if I want to, uh, you know, feel good about myself, I send it to someone else who I know will be really nice to me. So it's like, it's the balance, you know? I also think just repetition, like, like confidence comes over many years of like, all the jobs that we take on as artists, like they, they're so different from one another. Right. And like one day you could be doing Sims and creating a volcano. The next day you could be creating something abstract. Like you're, you're always, but the thing that's constant is problem solving and the process that you develop over time with your work. Like, so, you know, for instance, I just did a bunch of work for law and order SVU where I had to do explosions and a bunch of C4 D pyro. And I'd never done any of that shit before. And they're like, they're like, have you done pyro before? Have you done this shit? Have you done this before? I'm like, no, but I'll figure it out. 
you know? So like that's, yeah. that was my version of confidence and I did. And it's like, we, at some point you start to trust yourself that you can figure anything out that, you know, where to go online for the resources to do whatever the hell it is you need to do. Like we can't retain all the information in the world as a repository in our own brain. That's why we reach out to the internet. That's why we have this community because we all teach each other. We come up when we're, we're all little inventors. We come up with our own processes and then we teach each other. And then, so we can, we either rely on our own processes and our own tinkering, or we rely on uh, looking up tutorials and finding other people's processes. A hundred percent jumping off of that. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is, you know, I'll watch tutorials when I'm in bed at night, which is super lame, you know, but like I'll, I'll like throw on an EJ tutorial or something, or I'll see one that like looks kind of cool. And it's like, okay, so I go through that and I just log it as far as, you know, where the location is. So if a client ever says, Hey, can you do this? I'll be like, no, but I know where the resources are to teach me how to do that. You know, or yes, I know how to do that. And then I just go back to that resource. When someone asks you if you can do something, you say yes. (laughs) if you can't, you hire a friend. Right. <laughs> um, also, John, if I if I kind of understood correctly, it sounds a little bit like most of us. You're suffering a little bit from perfectionism, uh, where sometimes you just have to say, "Hey, I've spent way too many hours on this. It's just diminishing returns from now on. I just need to ship it and call it." Yeah. Of course, share with your friends, talk to people if you can, uh, but also sometimes just give yourself a break and call it call it done. Yeah, it, yeah. There's right. a little <laughs> saying called "done is better than perfect." Yep. That mm-hmm. is for all you perfectionists out there. Are we jumping into AI already? Are we in AI yet? <laughs> What's your question? And we'll hold it for five minutes from now. What moving forward with AI? We'll let's do it. it. All right, well, let's jump into it. We got that. some time. Yeah, let's, let's we got jump like into it. Half an hour or something. Sure. All right. We're going to start with AI, and the first thing that happens when you ask people, this applies to NFTs or AI, you bring it up, and you either get, I love this, or I hate this. I don't know. I feel feel ambivalent about both. Like, I think they're both, they're good and bad, pros and cons of both, so I, I don't know. I think there are more balanced responses out there than, than all of this polarization over these Welcome new technologies they're just you know the, we, these are just disruptive technologies and you know we need to learn to live with them because you can't put the genie back in the bottle right exactly and and it could it's also mixed i have mixed feelings when it comes to you know where ai art is getting its motivation from its inspiration from of course but to answer your question are, are you you see you're asking about how we plan as far as our careers and career path is that is that right with AI? Boy, everyone's leaving. We start talking about AI. Everyone gets up and just starts leaving. Oh, see? Two more. We just lost. <laughs> Keeping up with the technology. That's right. So so in AI, you've got you to keep up. Um, one of the things is trying stuff. And I think, Byron, you could probably talk about that. Trying <laughs> things to see how it would fit in your workflow if it's AI. Uh, yeah, when it comes to AI or anything else, like I think when Unreal started doing real-time rendering, 4K and everything, everybody was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And that changes everything and replaces a lot of past technology. This is the same way. It's um, There's definitely a lot of applications that you can have with it. There are going to be a ton of ethic issues or non-issues that you could raise. But when it comes to it, just... 
playing around with it, trying it and saying, does this actually help me? Does this bring up something new for my workflow or is it just getting in the way? Because sometimes it will also be that sometimes you're overcomplicating a certain aspect of your work just because you want to like fit a tool in there. Uh, I'm all in for AI. Uh, I'm down. I love it. Uh, I use chat GPT every day. Um, I mean, for simple things. So, Sorry. So I just had this thought. Hey, chat GPT, how you doing? <laughs> oh, I, I, actually, I, I have a story about that. What are you wearing? I, I have a story about that, but I'm going to save that one for the end. Uh, All right. But I, I was going to say, I use chat GPT to do things like uh, help me stay organized in my day. Um, so I kind of tell it like a few things I need to do, and then it lays out a list, and I'm like, it's not quite what I want. Can you rewrite it in this way? Um, so I use it for that, but I also use it to uh, help me write emails um, because oh, yeah. I yeah. had a I had a problem recently um, with a company that if you ask me privately, I'll tell you who it is. Uh, they had booked me for three months. We had signed a contract, um, and after like two weeks, they reached out to me asking me if they could cancel the booking. By that point, I'd already turned down a bunch of bookings um, that were also the same length of time. So I used ChatGPT to help me understand the contract that we signed, which was from them. So I threw the whole thing in, had it read the entire thing. Uh, it gave me the bullet points, and then I focused in on one aspect of the uh, uh, contract that basically said something to the effect of if either pa uh, party cancels the contract, um, just have to do it in writing, uh, but you're still on for 30 more days, basically. So I said... This is, I read this from ChatGPT. This is the information that I got out of your contract. Uh, I'm happy to keep working for 30 days, uh, but you still have to pay me. So they paid me and didn't use me once. But I use ChatGPT nice. to, to do that. Um, but I use, I use AI for all these other things too. I, I'm constantly looking at how it can help me get faster. How can it help me come up with ideas uh, and then I'm going to finish on what I said I was going to finish on. I read an article yesterday that said some uh, influencer, um, she used ChatGPT and she wrote some thing out using it to create an AI version of herself. And uh, if you guys remember the movie Her, it's uh, like a little AI version of you know someone. Um, and this person is now, uh, you can pay $1 per hour to talk to her, a version of her AI self. And so she's like monetizing it. And I'm like, how do you monetize it? Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep going. Don't be afraid of it. I know everybody else probably has other answers. But she's monetizing it and doing it in a really weird way. Uh, but it's definitely going to take over. I was going to say, I, I haven't really started using it, but I can see where I can use it. Um, like I said, when you can be building your own templates or automating anything you can do, uh, like, like I work in advertising, so um, figuring out the copyright uh, and the, the messaging for different audiences, ChatGPT, like we write the first thing and then run it through and they could, you know, pick out different people that would respond to, you know, certain things. That's fantastic. Iterations, variations of projects too. Even if you're not using the stuff that they're creating, it's just giving you the idea because maybe you're just stuck and you can't think of three ways to do the same thing. Well, they can do it for you and then that just kind of pushes you in that direction. So I think it's great for that. Yeah, something something else to add there. I think, of course, we have ChatGPT and a bunch of text-based, but you also have a lot of image-based stuff. Um, so I just feel like that blank page syndrome, which I'm sure that we're all familiar with, 
doesn't really have to exist anymore. Like if you have even just a concept, you can throw it in and start iterating over and over until you're finally like, oh, look, I like that setup. I like that lighting. And that might help you jump off to something else. Yeah, going off of that, uh, I like to use uh, MidJourney as my personal concept artist. So okay. I'll tell it like what idea I want to start working on, and then it'll shoot out a bunch of things. I'll kind of tell it which one I liked, whatever. Then the the look, or I guess, or vibe that I'm going for, once it gets achieved, that's well, kind of just put it on my screen. Uh, so instead of like using Pinterest, I'll just use Midjourney, and much more curated. Yeah, it's more what curated, you're looking for, and nobody else has that same yeah. reference. So it, it can help me be more unique, I guess. But the other thing that I started using it for, which I thought was really cool, uh, I was trying to learn how to do like uh, biomechanical, like you guys know what Alien, the movie, like that sort of uh, aesthetic. So I just told it to give me a bunch of like tileable textures that are in that style. And then I took those images and I put them into a substance uh, sampler, which also is AI, and then it created a bunch of textures for me. And so then I was able to just like do all of that like um aesthetic development by just telling the ai to do it and then another ai to give me like functional textures and uh it worked out really great i'm really uh, excited about uh so otoy's been working on uh adding in a stable diffusion node inside of octane so like being able to say give me a tileable texture of like snake snake skin or something along with its normals Normal and just mass. being able to like iterate and uh uh just pump that right in is absolutely incredible <laughs> so yeah i'll just chime in here um I, i'm very much on the fence because i think we have to be very careful in that you know at the rate that these tools are advancing um you know, our clients and folks who are providing us jobs as artists, once they see, you know, that they can also tap into these tools and generate stuff, um, I think it's going to be a, a, a tricky situation because um, I think I've already seen it too, where, uh, you know, companies, maybe when it comes to style frames or look development, are like, you know, generating their own internal artwork based off, you know, stuff you can just pull up in mid-journey or, or have mid-journey generate and then all of a sudden they're like well maybe we can just skip that step because we already have something that's close to what we want so um i saw google's um conference yesterday they i, I think are taking a really cool step in that apparently supposedly everything that they generate moving forward is going to have some sort of metadata or watermark embedded into it i don't know if that's going to be a how that works they, they even made a comment about even if an image is you know resaved from another application or re, you know obviously we all know you can take a screenshot of something and then all of a sudden it's a new file but supposedly somehow this watermark would stay with the data um generated and and i think it's it's going to be important to be able to know like where this stuff is coming from um you know so that it can be tracked back to you know the original source uh so yeah, I have mixed feelings. I mean, I definitely I see the benefits of like how I can use it as an artist. Like, hell yeah, I can generate freaking a thousand images, throw them up, um, you know, on pure ref, and all of a sudden I have wonderful reference for what I'm working on. But I do think it's a slippery slope when all of a sudden your clients can just do that, and they're like, oh, we don't need you anymore. So yeah. But I I guess with with that though, I, I mean, 
And I hear what you're saying because I'm on the fence a little bit too about that. But I think why not be the person who's generating the images because there's always going to be a, a line of people who are making decisions and none of them are going to be the ones who use mid-journey to generate this stuff. So why not be the person who is generating it or the person who can monetize AI? Let me say this. So uh, back when I was in college, you know, and I was in video production and then iPhones came out or, you know, then they started shooting really good quality video. All the videographers were worried that, you know, the iPhone was going to take our jobs. You know, like why are companies going to use us anymore when we can just shoot our own video on our iPhone? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a video that is actually shot by a company on an iPhone? It is shit. (laughs) It is terrible. But you still have lots of companies out there who are willing to pay the premium because they know the quality of work is going to be fantastic. You know, so I'm not worried about people who are using AI art in lieu of you know actual 3d animated stuff because it's it it's like people who pirate software they're never going to pay for your software anyway you know so they they were never intending on paying a professional our rates in order to do that work for them they're just looking for an easy way out yes the quality is starting to look better which is fine but they were never going to come to you anyway you want to go after some of the bigger the bigger fish that are going to pay you for what you're worth i guess the, the fear is what happens when you know ais are able to create motion design 3d motion design content that looks as good or better than what we're already doing and then the answer is oh well we're going to be the ones to prompt the software because we understand motion and keyframes and camera movement and lighting and all these things that we've studied for a decade or longer but then the, the the bigger scarier question of that is what happens when the ai which is able to learn extremely fast is trained on what the best camera moves and what the all the cinematic techniques and stuff are and is able to do that faster than a human and the ai is actually better at prompting itself than a human so we're kind of locked out of the system we have a new renaissance and we fuck shit up right we we make it to where oh oh yeah that's the same type of thing that a that ai does all the time but look at this person this person is new look at the shit they're doing oh they're shooting stuff upside down that's awesome you know (laughs) well Well, this is our extra moment you have new art to feed the ai or it's all absolutely the the iPhone analogy is good, but I think you can still see the difference between iPhone footage and you know footage from like a red eighty thousand dollar camera. Yeah, that MP4 but, though, but when when the when it's indistinguishable from you know the professional work is indistinguishable from the AI generated work. That's so I'm thinking you know that's the the point in which we're going to be like okay, well, what do we do now? So um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that like. No, no, I come from like several different artistic communities, a writing world, a photography world, and this 3D world and like NFT universes. Um, <laughs> and so I've seen people using AI over the past few months in all of these different areas. So like writer friends of mine are using AI like Midjourney to create book covers that they used to have to pay a lot of money for. Um, to create these really cool book covers for their books. They're also, like, when you're a writer and you're writing a novel, it's really hard to do the blurbs. It's a different type of writing to make, like, a really compelling blurb for the back of your book. Chat, B- G- Chat GPT is 
fucking awesome at that. It's so good at it. So you can combine those things. There's also people who are training chat GPT to write prompts for mid journey or stable diffusion or whatever, and coming up with some really cool stuff in my photography world. There's, um, I come from this kind of really niche photography universe where, um, people were doing these beautiful, like fairy tale kind of really high production makeup, big, crazy costumes, um, fairy tale kind of like portraits. And there's a few people in there that have started dabbling with AI creating, like still photographing the model and lighting them really beautifully. And then they're able to tell, you know, mid journey or whatever, what, where the light source is coming from. And creating these like super magical backgrounds and then photo bashing them together in these ways that AI can't do. So the human element with AI, I think, is always going to keep it's always going to keep things interesting because I can I look at AI art all day, like on my Twitter feed. All I see is freaking just pure AI people just do a prompt, put something out. It looks amazing, whatever, but you can tell it's, it's AI. You can tell, and it looks cool. It's like, yeah, that looks cool, but it's kind of soulless. There's like something lacking soul where when you see someone who partnered with the AI and they added like at least 50% of their own artistry or their own vision to the piece, it becomes really magical. It's like, oh, this is, this is what is possible. Well, and and I just got to say that circles back to the like watermarking like so if if you know an image is ai then at least you know it you know so you can be like oh i can tell that this is ai because it says so right there um but um you know so then you'll be able to know like oh this is actual art that someone created yeah and going back to what david said earlier like showing the process behind what you do as an artist becomes kind of important like i started doing some stuff just playing around with ai because i i just do i have like my little mid-journey feed is so weird because i've (laughs) tried a million different things on there but one of the things i've recently been doing is um creating like giving a prompt for line drawings just these line drawings i'm not very good at drawing like i could be if i spent you know the next 20 years like trying to draw humans or whatever but i'm i'm not that <laughs> i'm not that determined i guess i'm lazy so i'm like yeah make some make these line drawings that would be what i would draw if i could draw right and i tell it what i want and then i take those line drawings and i paint them cuz i like painting actually i'm pretty good at that so i'll paint them in you know on my ipad in procreate or something and they come out really beautiful and it has like you know it's like more than 50 percent me because before it was just a black and white line drawing then now i'm taking those line drawings and i'm putting them um on watercolor paper and like physically painting them in which is a totally different look and adding gold leaf and all this cool stuff so i'm able to make like you know like physical pieces of art that were generated from AI, which is kind of interesting. And I've seen a lot of people just doing, like I have a friend who's an amazing illustrator. She can draw anything, paint anything. She's incredible. And she like went down the AI rabbit hole so insanely that she created this beautiful collection of art that looks like nothing I've ever seen. And it's got her fingerprints all over it. Like when I look at it, I know that she made that even though it's pure AI. Like she spent months and months and months and months training the AI on her aesthetic, her vibe, her whatever. And now she can create artwork really quickly. Well, not, it's not really quickly. She'll generate zillions of things and then pull out the ones that she likes and she'll, you know, 
I don't know if she fixes some things up if there's like, you know, the hands are still an issue with AI. They're working on that. The creepy fingers. Right, they're getting, better. Um, much better. They're getting, they're getting much better. better. But yeah, yeah I and think then there's a I've question got, over there. Like, yeah, and, oh, sorry. You have a question? Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. Early starting points for work. Um, so do you do anything like dailies yet or, or your own work experiments, anything like that? Do your own? Well, I can relate this to AI, actually, if you want. I, uh, <laughs> um, this is something that helped me just recently. I'm, I'm a technical artist. I am pretty decent at taking some, something from someone else, and they say, I want you to do something like this, and I can do it. But when I uh, sit down in front of a blank slate, that's when I have a problem. You know, so if if I were trying to create some new stuff, get it out there, you know, post some stuff on Instagram or something like that to try and get some followers and get some work and have something to show off, um, I would be trying to make stuff. And in the past, I used to not know what to make. And and if I had an idea of something I wanted to make, it was tough. You were talking about the line drawings. It's a good starting point for me. Uh, who who has used Mid Journey here or anything like it? Okay. For me, it, there was an invisible hurdle, which is I could never make anything based off of anything that anyone else had done because I felt like I was copying, no matter what it was. It's like, oh, I really like this camera shot and this thing. Why well, be copying that? Well, I love what they did with this shot composition. I'd like to use that shot composition somewhere. No, I'd be copying David Aryev because he already did a, a, a Dutch angle. The number of times I've copied David Aryev, you, you have no <laughs> idea. So all that to say, nothing is original. When I started doing prompts, it gave me the freedom to not feel like I was stealing from someone else, even though technically it's it's getting stuff from other people's work. But also, if I were creating something, I'd be screenshotting stuff anyway, putting a, 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 you know, a, a pure ref board together or something anyway. But I would say, I, I would actually ask, are you having uh, any problems with, like, finding uh, a subject of something to do or, you know, um, for either a short or a daily or something like that? To break into the industry. Uh, yeah, so so breaking into the industry, besides AI, <laughs> or or maybe AI, I don't know. I, uh, I, I can speak to this because I get obsessive with it. When I lived in Ohio, um, when I was just starting out, 
long time ago. I won't say how long. Um, I wanted to move to New York because I knew that that would be my starting point when I could really work on stuff I, I wanted to work on. And my demo reel wasn't very good. Um, I wanted to work on better things. I didn't really know how to get there. So the approach I took was sending out emails to every company that I could find in New York. And at that time, not as many companies were listed. So I was having to kind of dig for it. Um, so over the course of probably a year when I decided I want to do this, I sent, this is not a joke. I sent like 1500 emails to different companies and I probably got 10 responses. That is, this is not an exaggeration. I got like 10, um, pre chat GPTs. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I just was, I was going to town and I would just tell the company, I love their work. This is what I do. And then I just said, I'm coming to New York for a visit. I would love to talk. And again, I got like two people who would want to meet with me. And then I went to New York for a visit, um, talked to some people, went back to Ohio and then, um, never really heard from those people again. I was like, fuck man, like, what am I doing? So I jumped in, I went to, to New York. I just did it. didn't know what I was doing. And within like a couple of weeks, I found some work. Um, and I just continued to build, continued to be an easy person to work with. Um, be kind, be thankful. Even if a job seems like maybe not quite your thing, just be super thankful that they reached out to you, but just email constantly. And I will also say this, that right now in the freelance world, it's a little tough. Um, I would, I was getting a lot more emails like last year, but right now it's a little dry. So work that is coming in maybe isn't as good as what you would normally work on. Um, but if it pays the bills, then it's good. One for the money, two for the show. Do you go to meetups like EJ's meetups? You're here. You're here right now. You're here now. Start. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do this, do the, uh, do the after party, do the after after party, really get to know people. Because that's where a lot of work comes from, too. Yes. Not necessarily just the stuff on your Instagram. I am a, t- I'm a testament for that. Uh, I came to the 3D Motion Tour in 2019, and Matt and Dave threw that on. And uh, it changed the tra- trajectory of my career, um, honestly, just reaching out to these guys. I mean, I, I, I think I emailed David Ari of like a month before that show. I was, I was doing my first like 3D main project. And I was like, hey, I'd love your input on this and what you think. And... I was expecting like, I don't have time for this or no response at all. But same day, (laughs) same day, he's like, yeah, man, send your stuff over. I'll I'll help you out. And I came to the tour and just met these guys and networked with them. And then it's blossomed into something beautiful now. So (laughs) this is a super cool community, by the way. I came in, you know, just as the wife of David, like in the beginning and for years, actually, until 2021. Um, And like I've been to SIGGRAPH, NAB, half res, all the things we do, all these things every year. And I was like literally the only girl, first of all, in the room, like at all these events forever. Sorry. It's okay. I enjoy you guys. <laughs> it's all good. I was super interested though. I loved sitting there watching. I had no idea what C4D was, but I would sit down and I would watch the people doing all their demonstrations and stuff. And I was like, God, this is crazy. This, this software is incredible because it's kind of like, like, I know Photoshop pretty well, and to me it's it's similar to Photoshop in that the artist is what makes it do stuff. You know, like like 
the amount of different things and different styles and different whatevers you can accomplish with C40 is insane. And so all these different artists that you see up here have different things they specialize in. David's good at like lots of stuff. There's other people who just like focus on one thing, like animation or something, you know, our buddy Ryan Talbot's an incredible animator and he's just like a storyteller and he's got this insane eye for composition and color and light and the way he does things you can see his stuff and you know right away ryan did that ryan made that and david's more like a chameleon where he can do all sorts of different things and you're like you don't you're not 100 percent sure who did that you know um and so there's different ways you can go so if there's something you're super inspired by something that you love to do in c4d more than any other thing like don't feel like i need to know a hundred percent of C40. I can just focus on this one little thing and take it all the way and be an expert in that. And then you can get work based on being an expert in that. Or Unless you're Chris Schmidt, you, you will, will a, never know a hundred percent of C40. <laughs> but yeah, say, I know I use like, I, I've been using Photoshop for 20 years or whatever. And Damn. I, I use like five cents of that mm-hmm. program. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it works for what I do with it, but there's a million things. I still have no idea what, what it can do. It can do way more than I know. And that's okay. Cause there's always stuff to learn, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I follow what you love. Like, you know, when David and I got back together seven years ago, um, he was very much doing like commercials and all, he had all this random weird work and he <laughs> expressed to me, I really love doing the 3d stuff. He was doing like editing, editing. Yeah. Just all these Color different grading, millions yeah, of jobs. Yeah. And it was kind of like mentally chaotic and he was really always excited. I just noticed like he would be excited when he was doing 3D stuff. So I'm like, why don't you just say no to those jobs you don't like to do? Just start saying no to them Mm -hmm. and and see if 3D work lands on your plate. And it did like massively. And then he was like, I really want to do like concert visuals. And then pretty soon he's like known for that. He's Mm -hmm. doing all these concert visuals for Katy Perry and Dead Mouse and whoever Zed and whatever. So just like do the jobs that you want, you know, like learn, focus in on what you would like to be paid for. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you're going to end up doing a bunch of stuff you don't love. And then you're going to hate your job. Yeah. I mean, just go out. You're you're doing the best thing you can right now, which is already going out and networking with people and like meeting the community and doing all that. Like, and also just email people. It took one email for things to just go down this path. It took one email that that's, that's crazy. When you put it in perspective, that's how I met him. We'll see yeah. that one email. That's how yeah. we met him was through one email he sent us. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, was, it was one email with one guy and then that guy. It back to one person somewhere probably. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. It, it, I met these guys through them. I met him through this. I, you know, all of and this. And it's all because of like meetups and getting to know people community. and community. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I've, the number of times I've been at like an NAB or a SIGGRAPH or a meetup like this and someone's like, oh, let me show you this new project that I worked on, you know, and they bring out their phone. It's like, oh, that's really good. Okay, I'm logging you in my brain so I know who I can use in my next project, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's like... Yeah, it's not even always that, too. I mean, you don't always have to talk about 3D all the time. I mean, we are here to talk about 3D because this is a, you know, the design and animation tour. 
makes sense. But when you're out there, you don't have to talk about 3D. You can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, Reverend and I nerd out yeah. about EDM. Half the people on this, on this panel are in our Halo group chat. Oh, yeah, yeah. we play Halo together. Do you play yeah. Switch? I, I mean, I love Switch games. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah Mario Kart, I will beat your ass in Mario Kart. I'll let you know. Ooh. Yeah, that's... I, I, yeah. No. Words. Yeah, it's fighting, fighting words, words, but... No, but your, your next job is coming from someone in this room. If yeah. you're mm-hmm. trying to go through Indeed and fill out resumes and do that, first you've got to hack through the HR program that's already deleting yeah. you from keywords. Got to add your you resume even though it's already attached. That company, that's how you bypass that. That's how you get that resume in past the first step that you have to do. So you I guarantee your next job is coming from somebody in this room, not from filling out resume after resume after resume. Cuz also most of the jobs that you see online, they've already tapped their network be in the network first before it's even online and don't chase trends i definitely like you want to figure out what you want to do and then go in that direction don't don't think you need to know the things that are being trendy now because they may not be trendy tomorrow yeah, just be yeah, just be a decent person. Like, yeah. just you know, have fun with it. Be you know, these guys are my friends first and foremost. Like, we hang out and do stupid shit all the time. Play Halo. <laughs> we got stories. Oh, we yeah. got stories, dude. It, and Michael. it has nothing to do with 3D. Right. And that's the thing. Like, more than likely, your friends are going to want to hire you too because they know one, you know what you're doing, and then two, because. They want to help out you because yeah, you're your friend. It's yeah. funny. Cam was in our Halo group chat, you know, and like I didn't know any of his work. And then he must have posted something. And I was like, damn, he's pretty good. Hey, we could really use his help on this project. <laughs> and now, yeah. like two projects later, <laughs> he's still helping out. Like Cam became my go to. <laughs> Yeah, so if, it, if you take away anything from this tour today, it is the next segment where you talk to all of us. Yes. Or you talk amongst right. yourselves. Yes. Integrate with each other and find out what each other do. And, you know, this is all community here. You'd, you'd be surprised how welcoming this community is compared to, like, yeah, we are it's a cult. A cult. Uh, we were Scott and I were talking about this yesterday. Where After it's this, just, we're all going to drink some cult. Kool-Aid. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you will meet people, you connect with them on a personal level, and then from there, it just keeps going. And there's nobody up here or anywhere in any stage that you go in this community that you can't just approach and say, hey, I love your work, or hey, I would love to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And in between, you can do stuff like go to our Slack. We've got like... 1,500 people. Yeah. Yeah. You catch up with those people. Oh, yeah, I'm in the Slack. We'll just catch up on there, you know? And then the other thing is, like, we also have a Discord. Discord's great, yeah. Discord's a good one. Have them add you on there. Yeah, Yeah, and and reach out for help, too. Like, if you're messing around with Cinema 4D, I always tell people this. Like, I love nerding out and helping people out, troubleshooting, Mm -hmm. ridiculous issues they may come across. Um, So I'm always open for that. So, you know, hit me up that way, too. Our Discord, we barely do anything like in the text. We're literally channels. Just, we just done video yeah, chat all video day, chat all day, every day, making we'll weird there, noises. We'll sit there in the company <laughs> of each other. But That's also, how it works. if you're a new, a newer artist, if you're like fresh in this world, like find some people you look up to that you know have more experience than you, and show them your work. Get it critiqued because. One good critique can level you up by a lot. Just one good critique on something that you've done. And any of these guys up here are willing to do that. Like, you know, like there's so much to know about from composition, lighting, camera movement, all that stuff. Um, You know, just like color theory. There's so many things to learn as an artist. And if you 
are stuck, you don't know what you're doing, you don't you you need help, you want fresh eyes on it, just don't be afraid to reach out to to anyone that you respect as an artist and ask for that, you know, hey, can you look at this and tell me like honestly what what needs improvement? What's working, what's not working in my piece? You That's know? how Rev got hooked up with Beeple. Yeah. Yeah. Just chatting yeah, with yeah. him on Instagram or something, yeah. right? Or something? No, or an email or something. Yeah it, was a, yeah, it was an email, and then he was like, "Oh, this isn't shit. Let's talk." <laughs> and then he sent me a email. No, no, no. So this it, it, it wasn't just that. No, it was like um, so. I, I had m- emailed him, and then. Um, he was like, "Oh, this isn't a question about C4D. Finally, let's let's figure this out." Because like, I'm pretty sure he gets turned off of people going, "How are you a cloner? What's a what's a subsurface thing?" Like, he's tired. I'm pretty sure he's tired of that. What render engine? What render engine, bro? What the fuck? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> but like, and then, and he he sent me a, a a Facebook or an email or something too. He's like, "Bro, check out this kid Rev right here. Check out this kid." You should give him a job if you got a, if you got a job or something. Oh yeah, I remember that. And then a couple yeah, of years later, yeah. like we're hanging out playing Halo, and I'm like, oh wait, you're the same dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sweet. It all uh, comes full full circle. Yep. Right. Networking, and, and that's that's how it is. Like I've all that's been half of my job is networking. Like, yeah, it's not even so much networking as it is making friends. And then, yeah. you know, you want, like they're saying, you want to hire your friends. And there's this effect of also once someone's done a good job for you, you're much more likely to hire them because then they're trusted. So mm-hmm. all of this in-person communication, face-to-face stuff. Um, yeah, we can't stress the importance of that. At the same time, you know, making a big, big splash online is important too. If yeah. you can create something compelling, like I've seen certain things, like not even demo reels. At, at one point, I saw someone who just had a very simple but slick, like 2D to 3D animation, and then said, you know, available for hire. And it was just something that was very unique and like eye catching. And that's enough to get a fuckload of people like knocking on your door, you know? And also, you could start with asking your friends and family that are not in the industry, because motion design is in every industry. So there are yeah. a million different Whether ways. Whether they can realize tap it in. or not, yeah. 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 yeah, like say, you know, like oh, I can animate your logo. It's like work may or... seem like freelance may seem a bit dry right now, but if we think of the number of industries that need work from people like us, whether it's VR, NFTs, AR, you know, Instagram filters, like billboards, whatever, there's like just a million applications and use you know commercials tv movies like you you can't you know the future is just becoming more and more visual so it's not as if any of us are going to be out of a job we're not we don't need to feel like we're competing with each other because there should be more than enough work to go around yeah especially nowadays only more screens and during the pandemic i don't know about you guys but like I needed backups for my referrals because all of my referrals were working. Everyone, you want to know people, not just what, you know, do who do you, who that do what you do. You need to know the people that do what you can't do. So you're at least the person that people are coming to you for a job. And if you can't do it, you know who can and for what the right price. You say, I can do that. What's what's the rate? Okay, cool. Hey, Uh, can you do it for this lower rate so (laughs) I can make a little bit off the top? Yes, exactly. So I got a question about to you. Uh, Do you have like uh, your favorite artist? Artist? Because the reason I ask is because when I first started like 
going out and meeting people at these like meetups, uh, I kind of saw myself as like a MoGraph groupie. And so I would go to all my favorite artists. Like if I knew that they were going to be at the specific conference, I would go specifically to go meet them. And I uh-huh. kind of just kept doing that and eventually actually became friends with a few of them. But it was, it was almost like I was curating the people I wanted to work with, uh, instead of just kind of like shooting a shotgun blast and see who bites. Um, because I like connected to their art or whatever, you know, and just, and it also kind of helped kind of develop my interpersonal skills by uh, being able to like go up to these strangers that don't know me uh, and and like make a good impression on them. And eventually that kind of like got better at the more I did it. And eventually it led to being more integrated with the community. So we've only got a, a few more minutes. I'll yeah. take yours. Uh, we only have a few more minutes. So if you have any questions, they're going to be kicking us out of this room and opening up the party room. Did you have something? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I was just going to say, like, take on any and all opportunities. Like, early on in my career, I took on, like, things that seemed like they weren't going to pay off, like, 48-hour film contests. I did, like, seven or eight, or the, eight mm-hmm. of those. But then on those, I was working with, you know, other, like, collaborators, and the director would see something I was doing. I'd be like, hey, look, there's a VFX shot I just did. And he's like, oh, I need that on my film or whatever, you know? So you never know what opportunities will lead to more opportunity. You know, like, Door open doors will lead to more open doors, or some kind of you know <laughs> expression like that. I think I just made that up. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, basically, get immersed. Like this is one way of getting immersed is you know by being with your peers, making mm-hmm. art with your peers, coming to conferences and whatnot. But it's also like it's everything. It's the tutorials. It's the um, you know. I don't know, just in general, anything you want to learn quickly and get good at, you need to be immersed. Like I'm trying, I'm doing that lately with pinball and it's like, it started with buying a pinball machine and then it's like, Oh, now I need to go to all the different pinball places in Denver and Colorado. And then oh, I'm going to do tournaments. Oh, I'm going to, you know, like there's weird pinball house parties. There's a community here. So yeah, it does always lead to the community, <laughs> the underground pinball. The underground yeah. Not even joking. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Immersion. Real yeah, shady. Yes. yes. Any other questions before we do or wrap up and go to party mode? Any questions? I want to I want to thank every single one of y'all for coming out. Yes. This is a this is a really good turnout for us and we're really happy that y'all yeah. decided to spend your what is say Thursday? What's today? Yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Yes. Your Thursday with us. So thank you so much. So um before we wrap it up, uh I would like to say that um, we have um, a lot more partying to do tonight. And so Mm -hmm. if there are questions, uh, sometimes it's actually easier for us to answer very specific questions by either uh, having a one-on-one or, again, with the networking stuff, we'll be like, oh, you know who really knows about that? This person over here. Come on. Come over here. So we're going to do a bunch of that. And uh, we're going to wrap up this segment. Matthias is going to close us out here here in a second. You can come on up. We're going to get out of here, though. Uh, make sure that you check us out online. Uh, send us an email, info at mograph.com. And, uh, you know, if you want to join our Slack or anything, uh, just shoot us an email. We can add you. You can come hang out in the Discord uh, while we all hang out, keep each other company. Uh, check us out at mograph.com, mograph.com slash classes. You can check out the classes. And MoGraph.com slash TV is our 24-7 animation channel. It's live all the time, so check that out. We also uh, have some T-shirts. That's that's it. Yeah, you know, T-shirts, whatever. (laughs) But uh, we appreciate everybody coming. If you're watching online, make sure that uh, you check us out uh, on the DAT tour. It's G-O-T-O-D-A-T.com. Go to DAT.com. 
is the web address. And if you're watching live, make sure you uh, look us up and see if we're going to be in your area because there's a lot more to this show besides just this portion of the stream. So check that out, and we'll see you live. And I think that about wraps it up, though. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And this This was was Dat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SIGGRAPH, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. we got to stop this thing, Rick! It's going to kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software. Learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it. We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com. Mm-hmm.